0: Welcome to Everybody Loves California Figs. This podcast features conversations with growers, chefs, retailers, dietitians, and more. Anybody and everybody who loves California Figs. And that's a lot of people. California Figs are growing in popularity due to their nutritional profile, versatile flavor, and overall deliciousness. Are you a fig fan? Then this podcast is for you.
1: We're delighted to have with us in this episode a husband and wife team who are third-generation fig growers and leaders in the industry. I'm your host, Joel Hastings, and I'd like to welcome Paul and Kathy Mesplay, who live in Fresno, but whose orchards and facilities are in Madera County, just north of there. Thanks for joining us on the California Fig Podcast, folks.
2: Well, Joe, we're very, very glad to be here and excited to discuss California figs and the fig industry with you.
1: That's great. Paul, you're a third generation in your family who have been uh, growing figs. Uh, give us a little bit of background on your family and your farming operations and your connections with California figs.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, my grandparents uh, came to Fresno in the early 19-teens and started farming here in north uh, North Fresno area and mostly Started out with grapes, which they were more familiar with coming from France. But a cute little side story is is that in working in those days behind a, a team of horses, plowing the, uh, the vineyards, when you got to the end of the row, you were always looking for shade because there's no shade in the vineyard. So my grandfather started planting figs as a border, as several of the other farmers in the area did. Figs are all at borders around their vineyards. So when they got to the end of the row, they could take a break in the shade for a few minutes before they went back. So uh, my father uh, saw the benefit of growing figs and thought they were a very good product. So he expanded uh, our fig operation, and uh, when I inherited the operation 40 years ago now, 45 years ago, I uh, expanded it even more, finding figs to be a very good crop, a very healthy crop, and a crop one could be very proud of. So. At this point, now we farm about 250 acres of figs in the Madeira Chowchilla area producing about uh, 400 tons more or less of figs, about 5% of the uh, California production of figs. As is very typical in life, in front of every successful man is his much more successful and brilliant wife who uh, does a lot to help us uh, represent figs, especially here. We have a little food stand here at our home, and it's an area where she really shines, keeping things nice and representing the uh, attributes of figs.
1: Well, we're delighted to hear that, and we know that's uh, very common with uh, farm families all over the country, uh, where husbands and wives and and the next generations work together. Well, Kathy, welcome. Uh, Paul it's given you a brief introduction, but uh, tell us a little bit about your involvement.
3: Thank you for asking the question. My involvement is being here at home, and next to our home is our fruit sale area, and we sell the fresh and the dried figs throughout the year when they're in season. Together with family, we enjoy doing this for the public.
1: Well, that's great, and we'll talk about that fruit stand a little bit uh, later in our conversation. Shifting back to the orchards, Paul, fig trees are planted in orchards like other tree fruit. Just take us briefly through through the season, through the growing season.
2: Okay, well, since it's winter now, I'll, I'll start there. The trees uh, have lost their leaves for the winter, and they're resting up for the big uh, growth season that starts in the spring. And this is the time of the year that we're able to get in and prune the tree to shape it, trying to maximize production and fruit quality. In spring, as the, as the growth comes out, they get a beautiful light green flush of color as they start to grow. Figs are a little different than most fruits because they set on new wood, we call it. So it's the new growth that we get in the spring that will actually represent the fig crop. And as long as our trees are growing, the figs will be setting. And at that time of the year, we're uh, irrigating to build up a water reserve in the late winter, early spring, when our evapotranspiration rates are at their lowest as well as mowing the the grass that's growing to, again, try to uh, preserve as much of that um, soil moisture as we can for the tree. Summer, we see the benefits of that work we've done as the fruits are sizing on these uh, young shoots that have been shooting out and growing since uh, March. And we see a wonderful deep green color in the tree, from all of the benefits of our fertilization practices and stuff, and the fruit is starting to size and ripen. About August, we start picking the very early fruit for fresh sales, and we pick those. Each fig is picked by hand and packed into boxes that we sell to, in our case, strictly to the public here in, uh, in Fresno. Normally, that only represents 25 to 5% of our production. The rest of the figs mature on the tree dry gently dropped to the ground, we're raked into the middle, the dry, where we're able to pick them, then by machine, deliver them to the farm packing houses or house that we have, and then sort the figs and deliver them on to the to the fig co-op.
1: And then we start to start the season again.
2: It starts all over again. Leaves fall uh, hap- off. Here yeah. we go.
1: Happily. We know that in agriculture, everywhere, and certainly in the fig industry, uh, improving environmental sustainability is an important trend. It's not only economically efficient, but also responsible. Tell us a little bit about some of the work that you have done with your orchards and maybe with your packing business too.
2: For the last uh, been 10 years now, maybe a little more, we have started installing solar arrays since we're in an area that has literally eight, nine months of sunshine, uninterrupted sunshine to generate power because we need to pump water uh, out into the fields and stuff. So that all needs uh, electrical generation. So we use the solar arrays in attempting to reduce our carbon footprint as much as possible, trying to be good caretakers of our fields and, and of our areas. So we, we do that to start with. We also use drip irrigation, which is much more economical, uses a lot less water than the older method, which was a flood irrigation. And now we're even looking at underground drip. Right now we use above ground drip, but we're looking at underground drip as well that might save another 30 to 40% of our water, which would be really tremendous because as you may know right now, in California water is a very important product, kind of our, our new gold. And so we try to conserve every bit of it we can. That's where we're at as well as at the co-op. We, there as well, we have done solar installations we have done a uh, di- what we call a digester, where we're able to clean up our uh, tail water from washing our products before we send that water on to be further processed by the county. So everything we attempt to do is an attempt to leave the ground in the very best shape we can at the end of every year, doing anything we can to reduce our carbon footprint.
1: And that makes a great story and a, and a great accomplishment. Kathy, a moment ago, you mentioned your fruit stand, and uh, I've been lucky enough to visit you there and enjoy uh, buying some of your produce uh, and your figs. Give us a little idea of what your customers uh, enjoy when they, when they know figs are in season. What are, what's some of the feedback that you get? What do you hear from your folks uh, about your figs?
3: our customers are thrilled to have a wonderful variety of fresh and dried figs to select from and many of them call before the time when they're ready to be sold um, anxiously waiting to um, know when to come over to buy some and many customers from here and abroad enjoy sharing their stories when they were young of eating figs from their family fig tree or orchard. It's very heartwarming to hear these stories. They have smiles on their faces and it brings back wonderful memories for them. With the terrific televised cooking shows and food magazines that all of us enjoy watching and having, people have gained so much wonderful knowledge of enhancing their meals and snacks throughout the day with fabulous fresh and dried figs
2: yeah i think it's a real compliment to the to the fig advisory board the work they've been able to do to get figs to be up front in a lot of magazines and just to remind people about what a wonderful product it is
1: and the two of you and particularly you kathy have an advantage that some growers don't have who sell uh, to a market or sell to a wholesale buyer and never get that customer interaction i'll bet that's great fun
3: it is fun and it's um, very satisfying to, to know what Paul and his family through the generations have, you know, accomplished with their work and what Paul is doing now within the fig industry and meeting all the different wonderful people from the different areas of fig production um, and putting it all together. And I enjoy talking with people and sharing what we have and know about figs.
0: Everybody Loves California Figs is brought to you by the California Fig Industry. California has the perfect climate for growing figs, which is why 100% of dried and 98% of fresh commercially grown figs in the United States are from California. The California fig industry is passionate and takes the utmost care in growing, harvesting, and packaging the most sustainable, delicious fruit in the world. Figs are naturally sweet with no added sugar and provide five grams of fiber per serving. Look for California Figs at your favorite restaurant or local grocery store in the produce or dried fruit aisles. For more information, visit californiafigs.com.
1: Well, Paul, a moment ago, you mentioned uh, your cooperative and you're a leader in that cooperative. For, for some of our listeners who aren't as familiar, tell us what is a farmer-owned cooperative and, and what does it do and, and how does it work?
2: Well, a, a farmer-owned cooperative basically have been set up over the, the years to allow uh, producers, growers, fig growers in our case, to pool their production, therefore being able to gain the, the economies of scale, which is Valley Fig Growers, the name of our cooperative, handles about one-third of California fig production. Any individual, I think, as I said about, me, about my production, was approximately 5%. So by pulling our figs together, we have a much larger uh, pool of product. We're able to buy more modern equipment. We're able to stay on the cutting edge of technology. Uh, We share expenses. We're able to hire people to help us in our sales and marketing. It's a way to make sure that each grower realizes the full extent of the, the value of their product because we're able to Gain, as in most things, each step along the line of production, there is usually a margin. And as a co-op, we're able to collect all those margins and return them to our growers, which is very important that the growers receive their maximum income from these products that we grow.
1: Sure. So you're supporting family farms of all sizes and uh, helping them take advantage of working together.
2: Co-ops are especially important to the smaller The smaller farmers, the large farmers may be in them as well, but smaller farmers that would be unable to do a lot of things on their own by joining a cooperative, it gives them the strength of numbers.
1: Well, you mentioned the technology and equipment for processing figs. Just give us a little bit of a picture of how a packing company gets figs from the orchard to the supermarket, to the consumer.
2: Well, after the figs are picked, and it's a machine that lifts them up and puts them into bins. And it's something we have to do in the field about five or six times. Again, because as I suggested or mentioned at the start of the, uh, our discussion, figs grow on new wood. So they're constantly growing during the season. So we have to pick them about every two to three weeks. From the field, we take them into farm sorting. We call it where we're able to remove sticks, rocks, and damaged fruit. That is then taken to the co-op. And at the co-op, it is received. And under under the supervision of the California Fig Advisory Board, the figs are sampled and tested. And each grower then knows the quality of his crop and the size of his fig production, so that uh, he knows from then on an estimate of their value, at least. Once they're there, we're able to use more technologically advanced processes, electronic sorting, is one very important one where we're able to pass large quantities of figs through a machine that uses laser beams to sort the figs for various defects before they're sized. We're also able to pass over metal detectors, making sure that we're able to pick out any problems that might be in the fruit that would be of any harm to our customers, because the safety of our food product to our customers is our number one objective at all times. As well as having the metal detectors, we also have inspections done by third parties that guarantee that the processes we use are up to date and the most advanced processes possible to guarantee safety. Uh, we're able to, to set up a traceability accounts because we're able to follow those figs from the field into the packing house, into various products that are shipped out from the packing house to the consumer. So at any point in that, we're able to reverse that stream and find out if there's any problems where those figs came from. We also get our figs uh, certified certified as kosher, and we have tests, audits, excuse me, three times a year by the Safe Food Alliance to be sure that we're up to the Food Safety Modernization Act standards in handling our products for our consumers. Because consumers are our most important product of all.
1: Knowing the interest in organic foods today, a portion of California figs are grown organically too, isn't that right?
2: That is correct. We have 90 acres of organic missions that we grow in our ranch in Madera. Those are handled just slightly differently, is that when they are delivered to the packing house, since no chemicals are used on them or fumigants, those are taken into a cold storage facility. And frozen to make sure that there are no insect problems or or damage in the figs. So we're able to preserve the quality of those figs from there on out.
1: Well, even with this modern equipment and some of the technology that you've just just described, uh, we know that there's a lot of hard work required all the way from the fig orchards right through to the packing house. It takes a dedicated workforce at, at every level, I would think. Talk about the commitments that you and your fellow growers and your co-op makes to your employees.
2: You're correct there, Joel. Our workforce, both at the ranch level and at, at the cooperative level, have been with us for many, many years. We have some workers that have been with us for as many as 40 years. We look at our employees as a team, a team that has to work together to produce a delicious and safe product. And it's only by working together, both of us benefiting that we're able to uh, produce the quality of figs that we have to uh, sell to our uh,
1: consumers. And so you're, you and your fellow growers are offering um, adequate compensation and, and fringe benefits, insurances, and, and the like. Oh, that.
2: yes, yes, yes. We uh, At farm level, we actually have uh, health plans that we're able to guarantee to our workers, guaranteed vacation, sick leave. Those are all things that we do to make sure that our workers are, cared for yeah so we try to make sure that the economic benefits that they're able to receive are adequate or more than adequate for what they have making sure they have medical vacation time as well and making sure that they're because part of their contentment guarantees our success at the co-op level we they there is a union that represent the workers and we work very hand in hand with them to make sure that our employees are are satisfied yeah, with the with their work situation and it's a safe uh, work situation for them.
1: Paul, a moment ago you mentioned several organizations fig grower associations and I know that you've been a leader in a number of those maybe all of them at one time or another. Uh, how do these groups uh, help ensure the quality and the purity of California figs?
2: Well, there there are two main organizations. One is the California Fig Institute, a grower-only organization that Their main objective is research to be able to produce the best farm practices to produce the highest quality figs. We do a lot of research into fig varieties. Uh, We look at problems with insect damage as well and, and attempt to find ways by handling that. We've come up with some, since we use almost no pesticides whatsoever in figs. That we've come up with pheromone applications that help us control any insects that might come into the fields. So that is, like I said, all grower voluntarily funded. Then we have the California Fig Advisory Board that includes both the growers and the packers, and that has done a lot of work, some research, but there have been a lot of work in helping us to maintain high standards. As I said, when figs enter into the system. At the packing houses, the California Fig Advisory Board, make sure that they're sampled and checked for all defects and all, all uh, quality standards. Uh, it's also been very fundamental in advertising and PR, which puts figs at the forefront of various groups and in magazines across the country, helping us showcase the benefits of our product, the lush, delicious figs that we grow.
1: Well, and we know that figs and fig flavors, uh, perhaps largely due to that work by the board, have continued to increase in popularity. And there's some new products being made uh, for food manufacturers too. Can you or Kathy maybe talk about a couple of those uh, popular applications in, in the fig ingredient side of things?
2: Yes, uh, I think one of the biggest ones we've been able to come up with are uh, flavored fig pieces, where we take a fig and we add a, a flavor figs themselves have a very distinct flavor, but they also accommodate other flavors. So we've been able to come up with fig pieces that are blueberry, raspberry, strawberry flavor that have been used by companies to put in trail mixes into uh, breakfast cereals. And so that's been a big help to people. Another one we've come up with is a flowable fig paste. For smaller operations, getting a big block of fig paste is not very easy for them to handle. We've come up with a flowable one, a scoopable one, where they're able to add that to their bread, to their pastries, and various things like that. And probably maybe one of the best of all is we've come up with ways to uh, chocolate coat our figs, which has been a popular hit among a lot of people. Everything goes good with chocolate, right?
1: Amen. While we're on the topic of flavors, and as we kind of reach the end of uh, of our session here, I will finish with what I think is our favorite question. And this is for both of you, of course. And that is, how do you and your family enjoy California figs at home? What are some of your favorite ways to enjoy them and your favorite recipes?
2: As we always say, there's nothing better than a fig. Fresh or dried, figs are always a favorite of ours and of our, and of our customers. But there are times when you like to go a little bit further, the next step. So one of the best ones is, whether fresh or dried, is to take a fig and wrap it in prosciutto. Bake it in the oven. and It just makes an absolutely wonderful appetizer, especially with a nice glass of wine. Another one, especially good with fresh figs, is to cut them in half, barbecue them, grill them or barbecue them. And then if they come out while they're still warm, drizzle them with a balsamic vinegar reduction. And it's just absolutely wonderful. So there are three ways to enjoy figs, but as any way that you can think of, you will enjoy figs.
1: Well, and we've enjoyed talking to a couple of leading chefs, too, who've had some great ideas and make mouth-watering
2: dishes. Absolutely, yeah.
1: Kathy, from uh, your perspective, uh, anything you want to add to the, to the recipe side of the conversation?
3: There is, fortunately, wonderful recipes to um, use figs with the three meals of the day and the desserts and the snacks and and there's wonderful sources of information through you know the websites and cookbooks we we live in a very fortunate time with the wonderful products and the wonderful people whole vertical level of um working with figs everyone has so many ideas and and working together brings out a good product that can be used in many ways. For example, Paul found a, a fig recipe for a pie using fresh figs. Yeah,
2: absolutely, one of the simplest recipes ever. You buy a, uh, a uh, pastry shell to put in a pan you know, or a crust, you get the figs, and all you have to do is rinse them. You can either cut them in half or not. You don't have to at all. You arrange them in the pie. You put in the pie tin. You put in some brown sugar and a little some bit of lemon butter. and butter. Baked in the oven for, I don't remember exactly, a half hour or so, and it comes out this wonderful, luscious fig pie. Very simple, something anyone can do. You don't have to be a master chef to do it. But again, it, it relies on that wonderful, wonderful flavor, deliciousness of California figs.
1: Very glad to hear about that one. That's a new recipe to me. Well, we thank Paul and Kathy Mesplay, longtime fig growers and fig lovers, for joining us on this episode of Everybody Loves California Fig. We hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. And if you did, please give us a good rating. You can find us on all the popular podcast sites. So until next time, this is Everybody Loves California Fig, brought to you by the California Fig Advisory Board.